0: Real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: Good morning, diva.
2: Good morning. How are
1: you today? Welcome to be on the mat.
2: Good Thank to have you. you
1: here. Good to have you here. Looking forward to our talk. We got to we got to speak a little bit when we got to meet each other. Out in was it San Antonio we're together, right? Is that where we were? San correct? Antonio,
2: Texas.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay, so listen, we're going to get started guys right here in one second, but I do have a I have a sponsor for my show. It's a coffee sponsor. You guys like coffee. So if you just give me a second, let me make sure my sponsor gets his little uh, what he needs is a 40 second little commercials so you guys enjoy it it's, it's if you guys are watching you can see it if you're listening you can hear it hold looking on looking
0: for the best cup of coffee to start your day look no further than america's best coffee brew our well-crafted coffee is made simple to enjoy with a smooth and delicious taste that's sure to please and with our easy doorstep delivery you don't have to leave the comfort of your home to enjoy it That's why we only roast our beans when we receive your order, ensuring you get the highest quality cup of joe and most flavorful coffee possible to enjoy the great outdoors or just lounging at home. Order today and experience the bold, rich, and authentic taste of America's Best Coffee Brew. Order now at americasbestcoffeebrew.com. Awesome. I
1: always think our sponsors out there help keep us. So I get this good equipment that I get to use and have a professional time. Looking forward to a Diva. Like I said, guys, so I got to meet her at a sticker shock. We we went there together and decided that we are going to try this uh, speaking. And we went to sticker shock to learn a little bit about what that looks like. So I want to give you a little bit of bio on Diva. Diva, ex- say your last name for me. I want to butcher that.
2: Mejia's.
1: Mahias, see i would have totally butchered it i would have just called you diva i would have totally butchered that
2: let's talk
1: talk a little bit about her bio real quick guys let me read this to you and so i'm gonna i'm gonna you know take a little bit of this and and then introduce a little bit more about what she's doing here in the future too so diva is a dedicated professional with more than 31 years of corporate financial and accounting experience she retired in 2010 as a district controller for united process services Central Pennsylvania District, where she managed over $350 million in annual spending. She's a native yeah. New Yorker. She earned a bachelor's degree in accounting from St. Peter's University in New Jersey City, New Jersey, and a Master of Business Administration from, what is it, Bellevue University? Yes. In Bellevue, Nebraska? hmm Okay, today now, Diva now is the owner and president of DM Financial Services, specializing in property, casualty, life, and health insurance. She has also earned the long-term care certification designation and license to provide insurance services in multiple states throughout the U.S. She's also a realtor with Century 21, One Blue in Orlando, Florida, and Century 21 real estate in Boeve, Nebraska. So it sounds like to me now we went to sticker shock because what you're doing next now on, on, on top of that, you retire only to work, right? We just talked about that a second ago, you and I. And now you are kind of looking to do your own podcast at this point and you're authoring a book and try and being a keynote speaker. Is that correct?
2: Uh, yes, I am. Most definitely. Most yes, definitely.
1: So i tell you, we, we were just talking about this a little bit afterwards about what it looks like to reinvent yourself, even as like you said, you've you've retired and then decided to reinvent yourself. And I want to make sure that people understand that it doesn't really matter when you reinvent yourself, you just continually reinvent yourself, yeah. Until until God calls us.
2: Absolutely, Absolutely. So I think
1: that, I think that's good. I think you have some friends on here saying hi to you. Adelina, <laughs> good. Is, that, is that you? Yes, yes.
2: Me, yes. I, I...
1: And here's another one saying hi to you.
2: Hello. Hello. Yeah, I, I, I think it's important for all of us. Um, for those of you that are listening, I think it's very important that as you go through life, this is this is a, not a rehearsal. This is a true thing. This is you get one life to live and you got to live it to your fullest. Um, for me, uh, I reinvented myself because I, I have a motto. My my mantra, first of all, is numbers tell stories. Numbers mm-hmm. tell stories. Uh, But I continue to reinvent myself because I never want to be hungry again. And that may sound odd to some people, but to me, it isn't. To me, it is my why. Uh, Now, Mark, you're here and you read a lot of books about find your why, find your purpose. uh, Where do you want to go in life? And for those of you on here uh, who are much younger than I am, you're always wanting to strive for the why, like, why do I do things? Well, personally, Diva, and that is my name, my God-given name. I had to prove it to Facebook to get my Facebook page up. <laughs> I had to actually send them my birth certificate for them to do that. Um, but I grew up very, in a very humble beginning. It's not, That's not even the word. It's, I was very poor, very, very poor. So, a couple of nights out of the week, I always had to eat spaghetti and meatballs. And for those of you that don't know, and I always, when I do my presentations, I always bring my little can of Chef Boyardee spaghetti and meatballs because it keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, until I was a uh, a teenager, I didn't realize that spaghetti and meatballs didn't come with white rice. Okay? <laughs> so um, because that's what we were fed most of the time because we were we were very poor. Uh, my father was a Rolling Stone. I loved him dearly, but he always had another family to feed. So we we didn't have much when we were growing up. So I remember as a child thinking and saying, I will never, ever be poor again If as God is my witness. And for those of you that are not religious, I happen to have a lot of faith, I believe in God. So for those of you that want to call it or that higher power, whatever it is, but I remember as a child till this day, praying and saying, God, I will never ever be hungry again. And that has been my why, my purpose, my passion. Um, And then understanding that in order to get from where I was to break that generational curse, I had to go some years, Mark, some years of learning, some years of experimenting, some years of reinventing myself. So I started out with the numbers tell stories because you need to understand your numbers. I mean, for those of you that are online that have businesses, do you know what your numbers are? Do you know what stories your numbers are telling you?
1: I think that's a great question. I I think that most, I think most small businesses sometimes just kind of run around and don't really have a breakdown of that. I think that's an awesome question. I can tell you that. I don't know now, Diva. You have this in this in this world of yours that you decided to. What made you go into that direction? Did is numbers something that you've always liked? Because it looks like when you gr- even went to college, see, I did, I wasn't a college grad. I wasn't. I wasn't. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean. I wasn't in the corporate mindset. I tried all that. I was just too entrepreneur minded, and I just didn't enjoy college. Now, funny enough, I've got four children all graduate college, so. Uh, you you know the, so and I tell all of them I said hey listen if you're going to do college do something for yourself where you understand how to write business letters or how to write letters for yourself understand the language understand accounting understand what a profit and loss state is get these basics down underneath your belt because that's what's going to serve purpose for you in life not all this other kind of frilly stuff that everybody wants to talk about and protest so. When you did this what made you decide to go now you said you were in charge of almost 350 million dollars all right so it, you know you did corporate financing accounting mm-hmm. and it's for united parcel service what made you go that direction i mean that's a major corporation <laughs> and were you there for a long time how many years did you retire from that
2: 31 i was at ups for 31 years and when i started back in 1979 uh, believe it or not, they did not have calculators. They didn't have computers. They had something called comptometers. Uh, big machine, didn't have a Didn't have a motor. You would just click, 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 and tick, 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 and click. So I was in the building department and I worked my way up. Now, United Postal Service, for those of you that are not aware of, they do help and recruit from within and promote from within. So at the beginning, it was in the billing department as a clerk, and I used to do all the billing, manual billing, because we didn't have computers. So at the end of the at the month, we would have these large ledgers and close the books, right? Um, but um, I started there, and I realized quickly that the haves and the have-nots, Meant how many digits you had behind your net worth. Okay. And I would explore it and I said, okay, the only way, the only way you can get through life. Now, I know what it is not to have anything. And I also know how it is, what it is to have some. And thank goodness back then I had a very good mentor. Um, I don't know if he's on or if he ever listens to this, but his name is Tony Montano Senior, who taught me. The, the importance of leverage, the importance of being able to break that generational wealth through leveraging the stock that I owned at UPS. So fast forward, I liked mm-hmm. it. I kept getting promoted, uh, supervised. And then they, they kept telling me, you know, now I'm five for two, Mark. <laughs> five okay. for two. I'm Hispanic. I speak fast. I talk fast. I'm a New Yorker. So I never had gone west of Ohio back then. And in 1999, when I was told, after being in the East Coast for 20 years, different states, I was told they needed a controller that can handle Nebraska, South Dakota, and North Dakota. Those three states. So they sent me out here. And at first, I thought they said they were shipping me to Alaska. So I wanted to know, who did I take <laughs> off? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> so coming to the Midwest, was a, a a huge huge undertaking it was a culture shock because i was constantly being told you walk fast you speak fast slow down kids slow down and at ups at that time there were many women we were very few women they were all men and i always had to be looking up to men so mm. um i always felt i had to prove myself i, I needed to do something bigger and better And for those of you that are listening, you may be in an environment where you find yourself being the odd one, so to speak, and having to always prove yourself, always wanting more. But you have to remember, you have to have that passion. I remember my passion was I never want to be hungry again. So I needed to be bigger and better and and do things differently. And to me, numbers helped me because to understand the mechanics, there's only 10 digits, Zero through nine. It's what they mean and what you do with them, Mark, that matters. Uh So to be able to take those complicated um, concepts of what these numbers mean and be able to simplify them for the normal person, it's huge. People look up to you for that, people go to you for that. They need that service. More so today, more so for the younger generation that don't have the opportunities that maybe you and I had back then with where the the value of the dollar was a little bit, you know, more than what it is today.
1: Well, interesting that. So one of my very one one, story that didn't make it in my book was on how I got this originally my very first house that I got to live in, I was in an apartment and I was a pool man. I was cleaning. This house was always empty. Okay. And so it was always empty. And then one day the owner was there and I'm like, my gosh, I said, I never got to meet you. How you doing? I've been cleaning your pool for a year. She goes, we oh, we live in Mexico. This house is just kind of here and we got to come back every few months and you know water plants and stuff like that. And so I said, Hey, if you want somebody to do this, I can't pay a lot of rent because this is what I'm paying now. But if you want that, and then they ended up letting me. Now, he, believe it or not, was a UPS man. Uh, he we, in, uh, he worked in UPS and then worked into the corporate side of it. But I'm going to tell you, man, UPS took really good care of their people and stocks. I mean, his retirement was off the chain where he could. So I, I see that in working for that company, for sure, I'm sure has helped you with what you did with your stocks and how you did that. So let's, so we, you, you here. So let's fast forward to, um. you know, th- so did you work all the time in, with numbers in UPS, first of all, is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And so, and you know, at UPS, you work 15, 16 hour days. So you're used to being busy, always, always busy. Um, And mind you, and for those of you, and if my children are watching, yes, mom was not there a lot. In uh-huh. order to break that generational curse. And for those of you that are out there that may be experiencing this, there's are sacrifices that you have to make in order to do that, in order to make it better for the next generation. So, yes, I was always in numbers at UPS. And when I when I left there and I moved to Florida, I realized very quickly that I didn't want to be looking out the window watching old folks walk dogs because that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And that's why I said, reinvent myself into the tax world and to be into owning a franchise. I I owned the the Liberty Tax Service franchise in Omaha, Nebraska. I had three of those and one Siempre Tax before I moved on and and retired again and then started my DM financial services. (laughs) But but you see people people know me as the tax lady, but then other people know me as the insurance lady. And then a couple of years ago, I went to Florida and I said, gee, you know, the housing market, um, remember, numbers tell stories. So I watched the housing market and how people were making a lot of money in the housing market. And at the same time, how people were losing money in the in the housing market because they didn't have someone to help them through that, to help them navigate through the recession that was going on. So I became a realtor and, and I... Um, the realtor, uh, one blue, the Century Twenty One, one blue is no longer one blue. Now it's called Century Twenty One Edge in Orlando, Florida, and the Century Twenty One in Nebraska. Uh, so I started doing the real estate. So you see, it's all into one. It, it's all one thing. Finances is all one thing. It, every decision that you make, Mark, every decision that you make is a financial one. Believe it or not, because it's either gonna put money in your pocket or take money out of your pocket. And that's what I I as long as I live, as long as I have a breath in me, I want to be able to share that with people, to help people. I help a lot of nonprofits in town and the treasure for many nonprofits, because I want those nonprofits to move to another level as well and understand their numbers and what those numbers tell, their story about, or what their numbers about.
1: So so while well, you said something really important there, the um The part, like if my children are listening, right, I know that there was a lot of sacrifices in order for me to grow a martial arts school. And listen, martial arts schools is a weird business, all right? It's not an easy business by any means Uh uh because there's a lot of great teachers. I'm not, the, you know, there's a lot of good teachers. Teaching martial arts is one thing. Running the business of martial arts is another because it is a numbers game and the numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. That is one thing I can tell you, right? If there's an attrition rate. You get this many in. If you have this many coming in and this many leaving, you're not making money yet until you have more coming in than are leaving. And then do you have multiple streams of income? And I've this is just something I can do well is to teach people in the martial arts realm, how to make money in your martial arts school. But it all comes right back down to business and numbers, right? It's a numbers game. Everything is a numbers game you got to get new students in and you got to keep the ones that you have and you have to have a multiple stream of income. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that for sure. But how, you know, you, how you put all the moving pieces together is, is the next thing. And so there were sacrifices for my family too, because, you know, uh, there was a divorce in, with me. Right. And so my kids all live with me. I raise my kids, but it also forced them to be grown up very quickly. And so that's what they had to do. So, you can't you can't have you can't break this or, or have a life after without having sacrifices down here so maybe they don't have to sacrifice their family I know that that is a balance so that was something well said that you said for sure there so in the tax world did you go to now you had an accounting degree so naturally taxing is just something that you went to next so you, after after you retired you decided to go into the tax world. Correct. So you were preparing taxes and and different things like that. Correct. That- correct.
2: And I still do. Um, I enjoy more the corporate taxes, the business taxes than the individual. I mean, the individual is what it is, but I enjoy them. Um, it's not work, Mark. When you love what you do you don't find it work. I mean, I can spend all night long just looking for that one penny that's missing. Uh, You know, if something doesn't balance by one penny. And I know my son kids me like, mom, it's only a penny for goodness sakes, but it could be $999,000 going one way and a a million and and right the other way. So, I mean, you really have to find. So to me, it's not work. I could spend hours and hours and hours just doing it and doing it. And I have found my passion. I really truly have. And that's why I, I I created my little Divas Two cents where I can give text tips. I mean, I just that's what I want to do. I want to share that that to people. I want them to understand. There's nothing nothing scary about these numbers. It's a game, you know. It's just like you play chess and you play chess checkers. It's a chess game with numbers. You just have to know the game in order to be able to execute and and really get to where you want to get. So that you can get to the other
1: side of the board. So you know, I wished I had, I, we talked a little bit about this off, off live first, before we came on, we didn't, you know, you went in this direction, but I'm going to tell you, man, that's just not stuff that was even remote. Well, here's the deal. I, I can't say that because even when I was in junior high, I remember junior high school for me, they'd have a typing class where they'd force us to learn how to type because we had typewriters back then. Right. So you see how people type today. They're all one hand, one, one finger bandits. So they really didn't learn how to type. My mother was uh, awesome at that. But by the way, my mom is one of those two, those number people that if she can't find that one penny, it will drive her absolutely crazy. So I so watching her th- throughout my whole life, I've watched that. Then so I just lost my train of thought. I can't believe I just did that. See, this is age right here. I lost my train of thought. When when I when you went into taxes and and we were talking about this, do you uh, that you, there's no coaching for anybody? Correct, there's no coaching for anybody. Nobody no. can get to coach. Then when you're in a small business, you don't really think that there's need for coaching.
2: Yeah. The thing is, you know what it is? You have to really humble yourself. You have to not take that ego, as we had heard, you know, edging got out. You yeah. got to take the ego away from you to be able to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. You know, how do you do that? I mean, even this morning I spoke with someone uh, that's been helping me, uh, Don Pakula. And um, and I have a lot of different coaches. I mean, my, my, my coach on the Daniel Gomez, who has taught me that with God, everything is possible. My coach, Michael Bird, who even taught me that everything is possible. I have a story to tell. I can do anything. I can activate that prey drive in me and just be anything and anyone that I can be, that I want to be. I can reinvent myself. When I was 17 years old, uh, I it was during the Sunny and Cher era. Do you remember that era, Mark? Oh yes. Okay,
1: 100%. and I had my
2: hair parted in the middle with long hair. So I went to beauty school and I got a I got a cosmetology license back then. So I mean, I do or anything that I want to put my mind to. Just like everyone in here, everyone that's listening today, you have a story to tell. You, have, you are good at something. There is something unique in your, that you have the ability to do that nobody else can do, that even I can't do. So all you have to do is tap into what is that? What is it that drives you, first of all? So I want you to go to your past and understand what brought you to where you're at. Look at your present, where you are now, and then think of the potential that you can go to. What is my potential? And then when you realize, like, for example, you want to drive a taxi or Uber, but you don't know how to drive. Well, that's just a skill that you have to learn. Go and find out what your shortfall is and get skilled at it. And then you can reach your potential.
1: So awesome words. That, right. That is 100%. Oh, don't tell me, Diva, we're losing you.
2: Uh, there you are. Oh,
1: there you go. You're still here. Okay. I thought we lost you for a second. My bad. Okay. You're still here. Uh, awesome, sure. awesome words um, that you're, you're that you're talking about. This is Mike Doyle on here. He says oh. that you're, you're incredible.
2: Oh Mike. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> you got I a love lot of fans you know, on Mike. here.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people listening to you today. It's awesome. Thank you. You know, we got a good audience out here that and it looks like you've you've impacted a lot of people's lives here. And because I'm going to tell you right now, my mentor, I knew this six months into me opening up a school. I knew two things. I said, I am above my I I am treading water when it comes to business. I don't understand numbers. And uh, I really like teaching martial arts. So those are the two things. So I said, I got to find a coach. I got to find someone that's going to mentor me. And I did. I found him. God put him right in front of my face. And we're still friends today. My mentor is Terry Brumley. I did I did, a, I did a, a podcast with him. It's an awesome podcast, as a matter of fact. But he certainly showed me. I'll tell you what he did. You'll appreciate this because your real estate numbers and everything. When he first said to me, he goes, "Hey, if you come out here, if, if you get a plane ticket, I will put you up in my house, and I will and I will work with you for the entire week for free, and I'll take care of you." And because I, I just told myself I, I don't have a lot of money, I can't pay you a lot of money. I don't have, and I scratched and moved together to get a plane ticket to go out there, and we just hit it off, and then he told me, this is my building, and he owned the building that he had the martial arts school, in. he owned it, and he goes, this building paid cash for my house that I live in, my equity, and he bought his house cash on the barrel, and he goes, so with that, I have cash now here. And it's a tax write off, so I'm paying off a loan that's paid off. How? And I was like, my mind was so blown by that. I was like, wow, I have. I'm so don't know any of this stuff, correct? And so that's how I did it. And and now I own the building that I'm in today. You know what I mean? This this building that I own, this martial arts school. If I didn't own it, it would have been a tough. It would have been a tough ride for uh, in in the pandemic for sure. So. Yeah. Right, Gina says, "Dave is a great support and role model for so many here in Nebraska."
2: Oh, thank you. Let's see, thank you.
1: see that? See how popular you are?
2: <laughs> I just, if everyone would understand what you just said, take it in the context of numbers. What you do, that little story you just said about your business, about owning the bu- the building? Right. Most of us, we start out with a job so we we work for someone else and those dollars that you receive have been taxed and then you the residual you use to pay your bills and whatnot well the, when you take a look at what the the rich do and the people that have the have I call them the ones that have okay what they do is they buy they take their dollars and they're using their dollars prior to uncle sam grabbing those dollars if that makes any sense. So they will buy assets, just like you're talking about. That building is an asset to you. That building allows you to be able to take non-deductible expenses that the normal person can take and you can deduct them. So it's, a, you know, being a financial, uh, I, I'm a tax advisor, right? So being a, a tax advisor, I can look at it, you know, you, you I can look at your numbers and say, perhaps you should look at this number, at this asset differently. So you come to me and you say, I have this vehicle. I just bought this vehicle. Let's say I bought a Tesla. Okay. You bought a Tesla. How are you going to pay for it? If you have to work to pay for that Tesla, then maybe you should have waited to be able to accumulate more assets that would give you the, the income to pay for that Tesla. Does that make sense? Yes, Mm ma'am. And then, then you can say, "I have a Tesla." Okay, you have a liability to it, but you don't pay it. Another asset is paying it.
1: Correct. That it makes total sense. Takes makes total sense. And I think that if we had a better understanding of of what what these can do, because I don't really know, (laughs) I don't really know even if I'm using my asset to my fullest, right? Okay. Look at this okay. see this
0: this
2: is
1: Augusta Eve <laughs> is the hardest working woman in finance and helps people every day and it comes from the heart
2: ah, thank you
1: <laughs> so you got a lot of people on here that it's obviously that you've 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 uh you've helped others and you know you have you have something that that people need and they must trust you with their money because isn't that the ultimate trust if somebody's going to trust you with their money
2: yeah. you have
1: to have some kind of a proven track tra- track record correct.
2: Yes. And the thing is, you know, finances is a very personal thing. Um, And in here in Omaha, Nebraska, it's a big city, but it's a small one. It's a small community. Everybody knows everybody. So what I always tell everyone is you can refer me a friend. You can refer me someone for me to work with. As long as you know that you cannot come back to me and ask me about that person, because I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) So if you want to be my friend, then don't recommend, you know, don't refer them to me because I never, it's something with finance comes the word confidentiality. Confidentiality is high. It's it's a, it's a, one of those non-negotiables for me. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So, because, I mean, I have clients, I have um, clients that'll see me at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, because they don't want anybody to know that they're having issues, so to speak, or have need or need help or want advice. So um, when you're first starting out you you're very open. You're an open book. You ask every you go to all the networking events, you go to all of the the places for help. But when you're in middle when you already have a business and you're rather established in the in the town, you know, it takes a lot to say, "Hey, help me." help me. I'm not sure of what I'm doing here. Uh let me open my books to you so that you can see. So those people they need that that person that confidant, you know. Um the Nebraska Enterprise Fund has a program called bail. I believe everyone should have bail. B for banker, A for accountant, I for insurance and L for lawyer because These four individuals in your life when you're in business are the four that are going to bail you out of any situation. Your banker, if you need financing, your accountant to help you understand those numbers, your insurance person to make sure that you are covered and not naked out there with no insurance and an attorney to get you out of jail if you have to go to jail. So,
1: Well, Well, listen. I've used every one of those in my 30 plus years of doing business. Trust me, whether it's, they're trying to sue you for something and right. So then you need the lawyer and the insurance, right? right. Or you need to pull money out of your equity and then you need to be able to have somebody to go to. And then of course your accountant. So you don't, you know, get sucked into, because I, I don't know you, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of problems, Diva, and I was talking to Patrick Rude. Did you get to meet him or not? The one that wrote the Dirty Little Secrets of the IRS.
2: I got to talk to him just a little bit. I didn't get to really expand with him, but You'd, yeah, with tax resolution, I, I deal a lot with the IRS. And I not too long ago, I just helped a lady get rid of an eighty thousand dollars debt that she had, and mainly because she didn't understand her numbers, because someone back then did something wrong on her tax return, and it was never never fixed.
1: So yeah. once again, and that listen, I went through a nightmare. I went through a, an audit for 17 and 18. I was telling Patrick the same thing. I could not, you know, after this audit's done, I find more of you people that help people than I ever, then I, I couldn't find anybody to help me. Oh. I was so flustered on what to do. And I went through this whole process of the, and then, I had to end up doing it all myself. It was such a lesson to me. So I went to the person, and then you're right. You want to know what saved me in my IRS audit? Because when it was all said and done, they wanted $160,000, ninety six dollars for one year, $60,000 for another year. And I said, I don't even make this kind of money. I don't know where you think this is coming from, man. I don't even gross enough money to say that this is what it is. And we had to get in there and it was the resolution part. I'm sure you know this, right? The next part is where you, you're you in, in the part right before you go to tax court. And then you have this liaison. That's not really a tax person and it's not really right. <laughs> right, and right, right. This one, believe it or not, these guys kind of helped me um, understanding what it is, but it was all numbers. And when I came in there with numbers and I came in there with all this stuff and boom, and okay, let me see this. Okay, where is it? Where is this? It was, by the time it was said and done, I owed $1,000. You know, he gave me, um, and I could have fought that too if I really wanted to, but I just didn't want to go down the road for $1,000, right? You know, he gives, I'm going to give you 80% on this travel because you don't have this one particular pay. I said, I'll take it. Then at 2018, he goes, based on what I see here, 2018 is going to be the same. I'm just going to have it go. It's over two and a half years of a monkey on my back with nobody to help me. Nobody to help me. Because and now I see that that, that you, somebody like yourself or or Patrick, now that there are people out there. But my accountant didn't help me. I can tell you that for a fact.
2: That's be, you know, main thing is that people are afraid of the IRS. The IRS, you don't have to fear them. You really don't have to fear them. You just have to be in communication with them. Uh, there are different ways to get rid of IRS debt. I mean, there are offers and compromise. Let's say, for example, Mark, you really did owe all that. Let's say you did, but you can't pay it. So you do an offer and compromise. There's steps to help you get out of those situations. No one, no one should fear having to go to an IRS audit if they have their numbers intact. So their numbers are going to tell them one or two things: either they owe it, and there are ways to get around that, either an offer and compromise, or you get into a payment plan, or they don't owe it, and all you have to do is amend certain returns. But understanding what they are, so be afraid for those of you on that are here that are, you know, think of tax time and it's a burden and it's scary and it's, it isn't, it's that little boogeyman that when you were little, your parents told you was there. It's not really there. They just told you it was there. So you don't have to fear them. There are ways to get around it.
1: Yeah. See that. I think that's great advice. And and you guys that are listening here, having it, uh, having someone that's has expertise in it. I'm telling you that reach out to these people because my, I'm telling you right now, my accountant did not help me. He charged me $2,000 to sit with the original time with him, with the the lady that was doing my audit. But you know, he wanted thousands and thousands of dollars and I ended up doing most of the work anyway. So I just needed guidance. Okay. Do this, do this. And then if if I needed to, to you know, you need to talk to somebody that there was somebody there to help me. And it was, it was rough. It was a rough patch in my business. Something very new for me. But you know what? I'm on it now. Next time it happens, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I was like, I'm going to war. I remember the day I had this, I was, a am a super competitor and I'm like, I was in the car going, all right, I don't want to, I had all these numbers. I'm ready to go receipts. And it was like, I was fighting. And then I was going, Oh, did I lose diva? we lost diva here. If you're still watching the show, let's see if she comes back on Gina. Let us see what you say, Gina. Diva is awesome. She answers all questions thoroughly until you understand what you need to know. Well, let's see if she comes back on here real quick. At least I lost her on, on live here. You guys, so stick with me. So anyway, let me talk about why we get her back on. We got to meet, Diva and I got to meet at a place called Sticker Shock. And what we did is we decided, this is how I met her, just so you guys know that you guys are friends of hers. I got to meet her. When she got up and told her story, she was super nervous about getting on stage and, and talking and she's authoring a book. Right. And her book is going to she's going to author a book and she wants to do keynote speaking. Now, you guys that work with her, any of you guys work with her before, uh, you can give me some hearts or whatever you guys have there. Let me tell you what she let me do. Let me get back to her. Get back to her email where she speaks about what she did here right so she talks about she got up there she, and you guys that know her right you know that she's a little bit what she's five foot two so she's tiny and she says right here she's got sticker shock and she's right she's right here what is, what is not there to see divas diva. Okay. She's what you she writes here. She goes, she's back. She's back. I see her. Here we go. What happened?
2: Hey, we lost each other. <laughs> I don't know.
1: You went, you went bye-bye, but I certainly was talking about you. So, and I got some hearts in there. I said, Hey guys, let me just talk about diva for a second where we met. So I went off on that tangent and they, they gave me hearts. So she's back. And so here's what I was telling them about you that you've, you know, obviously with your, even now, even now, I didn't. This is like me getting. To, this is why I told you before. I kind of have an organic podcast where I like to kind of interact, and this is just makes it more casual conversations, like we're sitting having a cup of coffee. Well, I am having a cup of coffee, and I love Christmas, so I'm always having a Christmas cup. But I, that's why I keep Christmas around all the time. But I was telling everybody that, you know, just first of all, how important the tax thing was, but and and having somebody in your side. But I I. I wrote in here that you talked about Diva has reinvented herself once again as a keynote speaker and author. Her upcoming book, Embodying Your Identity, will take you on her journey and how and why she constantly invents herself in hopes that it will spark a curiosity into your own identity. This is it right here. So this is your cover. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what this book's going to do and what it's going to do for people.
2: Yeah, I think what it's going to do, I want it to spark a curiosity. I'm always asking people, be curious about who you are. Be curious, because for all of us, we can go and talk to other people, strangers sometimes, and they tell you who they are, but you believe them. For some reason or another, you don't question their identity, so why do you question your own? So hopefully... Hopefully by reading this book, going through several chapters of it, understanding my journey and why I do certain things will spark that curiosity in your own. You need to create your own journey. Remember when I first started this podcast, I said, this is not a practice life. This is it. There's no other life. So live it, live it to the fullest and find your own identity And to embody your own identity so that you can live the life that you want to live.
1: I think you got such a powerful story. It was it was fun. I was telling them that when we went to sticker shock and you got to go on stage. I remember you talking to me a little bit. You were a little bit nervous about getting up there. And I said, just go have fun, man. It's it's, a, it's all fun. It was a pretty safe place. I mean, nobody there wants to see anybody fail by any means. Right. So they, I mean, it was a pretty safe place for us all to be and and try and get in there and, and say, OK, this is this. Now, have you looked back on your video of your of your speech or not?
2: Yeah, I did. I, and, and I realized are um, uh, a couple of things that I want to change. So there's always you always want to improve yourself. So to get your message across, um, I have a chapter in the book of how you don't have to be a, you don't have to be strong to be perfect. You just have to be you, um, because um, I myself encountered going to a place where um, I paid a lot of money, a lot of money to get into this competition. It was a speaking competition that I thought was where I could go to learn how to speak. And when I got there, it was actually the competition. So I spent a day there and I looked at other men. I was one of two. There was only two women there, me and another one. And um, I noticed that the men that were there, there were about eight different men. They all had their iPads out. They had notepad notes. They had scripts um, and I was like floored. I was like so nervous that I didn't have anything in writing because I like to speak. Um, I like to share my story. So I went back to the hotel room that night and I wrote down everything I wanted to say, but what did I do? I changed who I was for the moment. At mm. the next day when I went and I was actually asked to speak, I tried to follow these notes. I couldn't do eye contact. I lost my train of thought. And so I had to put it to the side. But by that time, you know, you just didn't get, you didn't win because you didn't get the spot that you were going for because you had a, a blunder there. But but I learned a, a huge lesson. I walked, and this was in Tennessee, and I walked in the backyard of this lodge that I was at. And I was praying because I'm I'm a person of faith. And I looked up and I saw the sun come down. And I said, gee, gosh, uh, how, how did I let this happen? How did I get out of myself? How did I lose myself in the moment? And I looked down at this tree and it was strong. It looked so strong. It was so big. And I happened to look all the way down at this tree. And on the trunk of it, it had such a big hole. It was like an imperfection. It was like wow, had I not looked up and realized how strong it was, I would have never noticed that it wasn't perfect. So that was my lesson that day that I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be perfect to be strong. I just have to be me, just me. So for those of you out there, that's what you have to do. Be you and be the best version of you because you're your only competition. One day you're better than the next day.
1: Yep, that's hundred percent, and that's that is a that is a wrap up of how people get up on stage, right, and just and just say you know their story. Yeah, and then you have a lot part stories, right? I have the hardest time with, I um I have the hardest time. This is Miriam. Love my wonderful, successful. I think oh. she's talking about you. Oh, um, Thank you. friend. I had I had the hardest time on which okay what am I going to talk about what what do I move the audience to right I'm telling you now females have have female speakers I believe they have a I don't want to say it's not the it's not an advantage okay that's not the right word it's just they have a a good presence about themselves because a lot of females have suffered a lot of stuff whether it's uh, abuse or uh, loss of a child or something to that effect or your story of being poor and that's how you lived and you're not going to do that and you're going to break it you're going to break this chain it just shows a powerful woman which i always felt i've always felt this in my own school it's important to me in my own school that i have powerful women here my girl even cat you know she she is a role model for most of the women here Young women that are in my school, women that are powerful inside a martial arts school will make a martial arts school grow. There's just something about that strong, independent type of female that will they take people, take other females to the next level. And I think that's what you had. You definitely had that. You might be five foot two, but you're like six foot eight when you start talking about your life. Right. And you draw people in and they draw into what you have. And then you talk about how they can be successful. Take what I've done here and you can be successful on this end. So I think it's super powerful. I think you did great on that sticker shock. And then you said to me, you have this book that's in, in the writing. I'll be I'll be your first customer as soon as it's ready to go. Or as soon as you pre-sale it. Have you pre sale that yet or not? Yeah,
2: no, I no I, I started pre-selling it at sticker shock. But I haven't you done it to my pre- friends
1: and family yet. I haven't well, shared it. I, listen, listen. I think that
2: <laughs> I was, I was, well you, you'll
1: be. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It 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 helps boost being able to help with cost and everything else to pre sale your book because your friends and family. Well, here's what's gonna find out. Here's what I found out. Right, I've got thousands and thousands of students. Then you get this this small core that will come on a podcast and listen to you, buy your book before it's on sale, waiting for it to come out for you and and helping excel you to your next level, wanting to push you forward. Those are awesome people that are in your life. And you should should take advantage because people want to see the people that you've helped want to see you get pushed forward because you did something for them in their life. And this is I'm a coach, man. This is what I do for a living, man. I've got so many you know, teaching you how to punch and kick, that's an easy thing in my in my, in my my world, All right? Teaching you how to defend yourself, teaching you how to punch, teaching you how to have some confidence in yourself and to walk with your chin up and not with your chin down and look somebody in the eye when you're speaking to them. This is stuff that I, I find that I can do pretty easily. But having the self-confidence to step out, out of and, and not worry about failure and let failure be a, a stepping stone into your wins. That's the hard part in martial arts. That's the hard part of coaching, but you're a coach in yourself. You're coaching people every day. So, you know, don't take that for granted that you're not coaching people on how to be financially fit because being physically fit or being fit enough to defend yourself. Let me tell you something. Self-defense in my, in my world, self-defense, I tell everybody this, right? You had this bail that you talk about. I tell everybody, if you don't have your finances together, that's a self-defense thing. If you're not defending yourself against finances, that's going to come back and whack you right across the face when something that you can't come back from if you're not careful. So self-defense is more than just a punching and kicking in my world. So then you wrote your book, and so I would definitely get it out there and pre-sale it, you know, because I want to tell people about this today. You should have your your – uh, get yourself a website set up that has your book on presale and get it out there and get a presale and let it let it help uh, pay for some expenses of writing a book. Writing a book is not cheap by the way. That's true. Okay. It costs you time, it costs you money for you to get your your and then you are a published author and you've got something to say to people and I think it's great. And then you talked about having a podcast. Correct? Tell yeah. me about your podcast. What you want to do in your podcast?
2: Well, what happened was my my grandson. I have a twenty one year grandson who had challenged me once about um, why wasn't I on TikTok, on Facebook, on and I said <laughs> to him, "Well, I'll, I'm going to create a little Diva's Two Cents because I'm always telling, giving people tidbits on finance, and I always say, and that my friend is Diva's Two Cents, right? So I started kind of saying that all the time, and then people started sending me questions to Diva's Two Cents, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, my Facebook page is up for Diva's Two Cents, and now my podcast will be Diva's Two Cents. It's, it, that one's coming up within a couple of weeks. I should have it up, and I'll let everybody know. But it's just—it's an opinion page. It's going to be an opinion podcast uh, to allow people to come in and share their opinions on what their on finances and different different things that they may have to offer. My thing is, I want to share. I want to help. I want to uh, coach. I want to be a speaker there that I can take from my experiences so that you who is listening don't have to go through those hurdles. You can, you know, it'd be like the little Google. You don't have to open up a big dictionary anymore. You can just Google it. Well, then you can just go to Divas Two Cents and find an answer to it.
1: See, I think that's awesome. Now, who's helping you set your podcast up?
2: Uh, Danielle Gomez.
1: All right, so you guys got that locked in on what you're going to be doing.
2: And I also have Don. I mean, Don, I'm not sure if he's here, Don Pakula, who has helped me tremendously with OBS. It's a system that um, it's similar to like Stream, uh, to what we are, StreamYard. So he's going to be helping me as well. You you have to understand you need help when when you're embarking in something new. Don't be so proud to say you don't need help. You
1: need help. Uh, listen, I, I didn't have someone when I launched my podcast, I knew two things about podcasting. When I first did my very first podcast, if you look back on it, it wasn't I didn't do any uh, I didn't really do interviews. It was just me talking and it was only audio. And then the this stream thing came around and I'm like, huh, I kind of like this and I kind of like getting, you know, I have a lot. I've got a huge network and I like to get people out there to tell their stories. And then so I do this video to do this live. And then I have my my pod, my podcast will be audio also. So people can go to my, you know, markcox.com dot com is my audio podcasting. They can see the video there or they can go to YouTube channel beyond the mat and see the podcast this way. Or it will be today. I will have it uploaded for you and you will have you give you a link that says, hey, the audio has dropped. And so somebody can listen to our podcast right in their car. So I've always had a heart for, I listen to podcasting myself. I'm not sure if you listen to podcasts or not. Do you?
2: I do. I do. I do.
1: So I listen to them all the time to try and get myself a little bit sharper on what I want to do with mine and then help my guest, you know, expose themselves to the audience that they want to have. And then they have something on my my website that's always there, right? To say, hey, if you want to listen to me a little bit, you can go on. I've done a podcast on, it's called Beyond the Mat. And the reason I called my podcast is Beyond the Mat, because that's what I called my book, right? Beyond the Mat. You said, you you know, you read it. And you can see that there's super lessons that I have taken from a martial arts instructor point of view and then into, into the world of everyday world. And there's some heart-wrenching stories in there that, you know whether it's death whether it's me carrying a casket to a a, a baby's funeral cuz the dad was just so tormented and being that person's strength for the minute <laughs> nothing i did there um i couldn't put a price tag on any of those stories that i've learned on this and so i put my stuff beyond the mat because this what you have is the same thing it's what i've taken in self discipline you know You're a black belt in your world. I tell everybody this already. When you come in and take martial arts, right, you got to put a white belt on because this world. But if I had to step out of your world, you're a black belt in your world. I'd have to put that white belt on and listen to what you have to say. Absorb the information and say, what do I need to do? How can you help me? How can you push me forward? And this is what I'm going to do. So your two cents podcast, that's going to be fun. Are you looking to have guests or are you looking to... Do something yourself. This is my podcast that we're going to do. You're looking at a a short one. Because my next thing I'm doing, and I'm probably going to have you on again, it's going to be called Beyond the Mat After Hours. After Hours is going to be a short. We're going to have one thing. Like, Diva, let's talk about this particular part in money. Let's just talk about this part right here. And it's going to be 20 minutes. It's not going to be long. So it's After Hours. It'll be something that's a little more evening oriented so people that are kind of off work and stuff already because right now it's at lunchtime for what this is and then people listen to it so mine's going to be on the mat after hours and that's where i'm going to have guests from before whether it's authors or whatever and we're going to dive into one little topic that helps people 20 minutes not a long podcast that's what i'm doing is your podcast going to be an hour with guests or what are you thinking about doing with that
2: yeah, I'm thinking it, it's going to be an hour and it's going to have guests because I think um, I'm not I don't know it all. So I want to make sure that I bring others into, fo- into the fold to be able to educate the audience as well. So, yes, it will have guests. And you'll yes, be I my think
1: guys. that Oh, I'll definitely be on there for sure, because I've got I I can ask you questions just as much. And I think that uh, Patrick Rude would be another good guy that you like him anyway. Uh If you listen to his story, you know, the IRS just took his dad's business and shut the doors on him. I know. And you know why? Because they didn't have anybody like yourself. You know how you said, don't be scared of the IRS. Nobody knows how to do it so the people do get scared of them. Everybody hates the IRS. As soon as they hear the name, it's just like, you know what I mean? You work so hard for your money and you don't have it. It was interesting what you said, too, in the beginning, just so you know. My folks were young when they had me. Luckily, both my parents are still alive, but my mom was 18 and my mom and my, I'm sorry. My dad was 18. Mom was 16 when they got married. And then my mom had me at 18 and they're still together today. But I remember my dad was a super, super hard worker. And when you're talking about how you had Chef Boyardee, my parents had to eat. They had a catering truck that when the end of the week came, whatever foods were left, they gave to my folks so that they can, you know, eat. So I've watched that too throughout, watch my parents on, on how they were, you know, my kind of my first little thing that I slept in was a drawer, right? They had, they, they made up a drawer for me. And so my parents were always been hard workers, just hard, hard workers. But that generation before even so that's my parents' generation, but their parents, their grandparents, they were in the Great Depression. And that's when they were canning and they were, you know, they were saving money. They were not going to go through another depression. So isn't it isn't it weird how the generations go and one of our main thing is, hey man, we do not want to be going to bed hungry and want to make sure our children have a better life than than we have. And obviously, that's what you've done, correct? Is as mother as a grandmother now.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, I just can't. I just don't want my I never wanted my kids to feel that I never wanted them to experience those feelings of not not having enough. You know,
1: Yeah, it's good. It's, it's so good. So good. So I'm telling you right now that let's show your book one more time. Let me see your book. Yeah. There it is. Have you had that? idea? is identity dot com. Is that your website yet or not?
2: Yes, it is. It is. It's. It's a. Um, I'm not sure the website website is up yet and running, but the dot uh-huh. com is there and the email is there. So, Diva at at embodying your, your identity. Right. So, so it's, I it's, would I would encourage
1: you today. I would encourage you today. Are you doing that book with uh, Daniel or not? Yes, I am. Okay, Daniel's a good guy, isn't he?
2: Yes,
1: yes. Him I, and I banter so much together, man. We, he's,
2: we a, have... he's a god-fearing guy. So,
1: <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how you, I, how I got to know Daniel the most. He came to New Jersey. He was speaking at when I launched my book in January, and he was speaking, and I broke some bricks there on stage, right? And he wanted to do it really, really bad. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to show you how to do it." And then he was kind of dodging me, and he didn't want. He was like, "I don't know if I should do it." And so I said, I told him, I said, you're on stage telling everybody to do this. And you're going to try and duck out after you told me that you wanted to do it. Are you for real? And I just hit his man card really hard. And then I taught him how to do it. And he broke two bricks. And then we spent the day uh, all day in Pen- is it Pennsylvania. Is it where, where's the Rocky steps? Is that, is that, is that Philadelphia? So we were in Philadelphia all day together. We went through where Rocky, you know, Rocky's my favorite movie. We went to the, where the delis were and all that kind of stuff. We got to spend a whole day together. So him and I got to be, be friends from there. So if he's got your book going on, it's going to be, it's going to be a good thing, but I would encourage you to do some, get that thing up and do some presale in that, in that book. And I'll push it for you big time because I think that you have something, something worth, worthwhile doing. And so anybody else that's listening. You guys, I will have all of her information, all of her bios, all of her emails, and everything will be on my audio. My audio is uh, you can find it at markcox.com. It's just my name, and I have all my podcasts there. You'll be up to date, Diva 2. I'll make sure that you guys have that uh, in audio format, and then all your stuff will be on there where they can contact you. And, and Thank you. And uh, And when you have your website, mm-hmm. you just call me back up or text me and what it is and i will put that into your bio too and then i'll blast it out again to come and listen to you so i want to take the last couple minutes of our our time here and i want to give it give the floor over to you and i want you to tell me tell the audience give them a little bit of inspiration give a little bit of diva two cents for everybody else here today how about that
2: Okay, okay. Well, for those of you that are listening, first of all, first and foremost, for those of you that are listening, thank you. You could have been anywhere at this hour and you're you're listening to us. So and you're listening to me. So thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Uh and then I want you today, sometime today, when you have a one minute of your time, even if you have to go into the the ladies' room or the men's room, and just close your eyes and just think of what your potential, what is your potential? What is it that you know that you could be doing, that you're not doing, that you should be doing, that you want to do? Regardless of how big it may seem, no matter how how outrageous it may appear to you at the time, write it down. And then sometime tonight before you go to bed, think about how do I get there from where I am today? What do I need to do? Do I need to skill up? Do I need to hire someone? Do I need to go visit someone? Do I need to read something? Then then just go and do it. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow is yesterday's today, if they say, and tomorrow may never come. So just do it. Just do it. Like the Nike commercial, just do it. And that, <laughs> my friend, is Divas Two Cents.
1: That is so good it has been my pleasure to have you on my show i can't I, you know it's my pleasure to for us to have a friendship even you know i was glad i got to meet you i'm glad you came to my table i'm glad you gave you know you read my book and you gave me some good feedback on it and i appreciate it so much diva we're going to do a little outro here and then we'll be good to go so if you want to just stay online just for a second i'll get right back to you okay
0: all right you've been listening to real talk with mark cox Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss.
2: Are we offline now?